everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Rift Reaction. And welcome back, Emily, to the Travis Gafford Industry Studios. Uh, I've returned from the wilds of yeah. Reading, Massachusetts. Yes, yes. A, uh, <laughs> uh, quite the adventure. How was your trip home to see your family? Not at all relaxing, but necessary. Uh, well, actually, last week we asked everybody what they miss about old League of Legends, because I was in my nostalgic moment thinking about the the early days and we got quite some responses i don't know if you have those in front of you emily i have them why i just so happen that i do yes well the very first one <laughs> is double if so he just wrote double if did you want to i agree i miss him i miss him all the time yeah do you see anybody um i mean a lot of things that stick out to me which like ties into a broader discussion obviously we just like don't have time like if we were gonna do an entire episode on this um we would we would have to dedicate an entire episode to this and i don't even know if we'd make it through in a half hour but i see a lot of like pro players used to show their personalities more they used to use social media more i remember when i started in season two uh pro players would like regularly go to reddit and just like chat with you you know um on the subreddit which was really cool like there was a since it was so much less professional, which is bad for a lot of reasons, um, that part of it was also really cool. Uh, the the friends that still played made me sad. Someone, someone go find uh, I, I this like, person and, and and play with League of Legends with them. I like Fisher 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 wrote relegations. Uh, that's there were actually <laughs> more than a few relegations. People said it kept things exciting. It certainly um, was, especially around the end of Spring Split. So uh, I think I think that was a good reason to care about what was happening in Spring because there was a lot of danger that these teams could have. Either way, we're we're here to talk about current the tribunal. Sorry, I just saw that Chris said the tribunal, and it gave me weird flashbacks. Oh my gosh, <laughs> that was a time. That was a that was definitely a time. We're here to talk about new League of Legends. Let's talk about new League of Legends. Uh, and one of those things that we talked about last week was in, in our poll, we also asked you guys, which do you think is the most impactful in this matter? Which role? Jungle, overwhelmingly at Surprising, 52%. honestly. I mean, that was my vote. Support. So, so that surprises me mainly because like the flip side of it is all of these pro players coming out and being like, well, if Boypo can jungle, anyone can do it. Like, jungle's so easy now. Support, 20%, mid-19%. Top six percent rip and botter adc three percent as an adc main i agree adcs are not impactful anymore uh no but i think um in this meta i still would go mid actually followed by support followed by jungle but those would all be really close and then it'd be a drop off and then top and then another drop off and why, then why do you think ADC. it is that people like myself and others are are thinking it's jungle I think, um, I, I mean, I've gone over this before when I've talked about literally any top team, but like mid jungle synergy is super important. And I think there's a lot of small things that mid laners do tend to do for their junglers, their professional level that is unseen and unnoticed by a lot of people. Now, if we're talking about solo queue, maybe then it flops because mid is just playing for themselves and they're like, fuck you. I'm not going to ward for you. Come gank my lane or I'll kill you. Uh, so maybe it's that. Maybe people are thinking more of solo queue. I think mid is incredibly impactful. Yeah, that's fair enough. Fair enough. All right. Well, let's get into the regions. 
And this week we're going to start talking about LEC, uh, going through kind of how those teams are doing, uh, and the LCS as well. Both these teams, both these regions. I mean, obviously, a lot of the regions careening towards playoffs uh, in their final. Careening is one way to say it. I mean, it. I, if you look at what's been happening in these regions, I think careening is the correct word. We'll talk about that. Uh, we have some more polls and Q&As for everybody so we can get your reaction stuffs, uh, shots uh, ahead of our reaction shots. And then, of course, Emily has an LCK and LPL match of the week. So let's get into it. So Schalke for... A, a officially eliminated. I don't think we need to go through. And every time a team in the LEC or LCS gets officially eliminated, especially because I guess that's going to happen uh, this weekend. But Schalke, I think, obviously a a notable uh, situation since their their time in competitive esports and League of Legends is now over. Yeah, and it sadly ends with a what is probably going to end up being a last place finish, um, unless Vitality. Or SK lose out and they win out, so it's like, um, which is unfortunate, you know. I mean, that sucks. I think we've already talked enough about Schalke as a brand, so um, I won't really get into that. But yeah, they are the first team eliminated from playoffs in the LEC, which goes to show you, like in LEC and LCS, there are so many teams still in contention for playoffs. So it's it's, very uh, true. it's actually like super hype right now for both regions well i would i would point out that maybe the uh lcs having eight of their 10 teams make it yeah that's a little it does help uh, but hey lec is hype only six teams make it and you know all but schalke are still in contention regardless uh fanatic zero and two this past weekend against rogue and sk yeah why did you curse them i know right i i talked up g2 they then went oh and four I talk up Fnatic, they go 0-2 in their next week. I am just a curse to any LEC team I talk about. Um, but yeah, I think, so, uh, you know, Fnatic went 0-2. They lost to Rogue. Um, Rogue are a very good team. They lost to SK, which was the more interesting matchup for them for me. Um, I am not a huge fan of Tom Kench support right now. I think he's much better as a solo laner, but I want to shout out Lilip from SK for playing a really good game against uh, what Fnatic want to do. And as we talked about last week, Fnatic sometimes choose fights that aren't always like advantageous for them. And often the way that they win out is through their coordination and, and, and team fighting. And, you know, they chose some bad fights uh, this week and it didn't work out so well for them. So it's not anything counter to what we haven't seen from them before. Um, I am. I still think they'll be fine. I'm excited to see them in playoffs. So, I mean, do you are you concerned at all for them in a best of five? A little bit. Like, I love that they stick to their play style, but I think like so it's the same way. And we kind of talked about this last week, right? Like, why don't we talk about Fnatic in the same way that we do? Like, why don't we hype them up in the same way that we do like EG and in LCS right now? And even now, people are still down on. EG because they're like, oh, they can still be super coin flippy. They're choosing these fights. They're they're pushing their limits constantly. And Fnatic are unapologetically going to continue to do that. And it can come to bite them in the ass um, if they don't choose the correct fights or if someone on the opposing team is shutting down uh, Hillisong's engages in, in particular, because I think Hillisong is, is just excellent at that. Um, but I mean, overall, I think this team works very well together. And again, they... I, I just love that kind of style of League of Legends. So I think they'll be fine in playoffs. I still think they're probably going to be contending for the title. It's really tough, though, because, again, the top of LEC is so competitive. 
It's uh, very true, very true. And and as demonstrating that, by the way, Rogue in sole position, but only one game behind them is a tied Mad Lions fanatic yep. and Misfits. Uh, so, <laughs> three teams tied for second right now uh, with a G2 trailing them uh, in fifth, uh, one game behind. So let's talk a little bit about Mad Lions and Rogue uh, because obviously these were our finalists. I don't know. And Spring, I don't know if they're going to be our finalists again, but... I mean, what what do you think of these two teams? Do you think that they are perhaps the the two best teams? They faced each other this past Saturday. Yeah, um, I really like this game. I think if I was going to uh, maybe recommend like one LEC game, it, it would probably be this one. Um, I think Rogue are the type of team, and we talked about this when Ender was here, right? Where they're the type of team that really relies on like their strong leaning, uh, their strong fundamentals. Um, and I, I think that can be countered by, uh, to Mad's point, and something that like literally everyone was talking about after this game was how it seemed like Rogue didn't have much of a lead because of the sheer amount of scaling on Mad Lion's side. And when they were able to get into these late game team fights, they just you know completely ran over Rogue, which had much more like early game, early laning focus composition. Um, so when you have that kind of mismatch, like it was a really good game, but obviously there was, it was going to get to a point where just mathematically Mad Lions are, are typically going to outscale. Um, so I think it's just an interesting like microcosm of draft, uh, and, and execution. Um, I obviously, I already said like, I'm a huge fan of the solo lane Kench. Um, I think inspired is, um, one of the best, uh, best junglers in uh lec so i mean i think uh it, it's just it's a really good game it's a it's an interesting draft uh debate and both of these teams are are very good right so even though we've spent a ton of time mad lions got off to a rough start we we're focusing most of our lec attention on you know g2 floundering and then fanatic rising um but it's important to remember that these two teams are, are both like incredibly strong. Um, and then if there's one thing to watch out for that's kind of a negative for Rogue, it's that they do tend to overfocus on lane prio sometimes and, and don't necessarily have the scaling to stack up to what their opponent picks. So we, you mentioned this already, but we're seeing a, a sort of a mirroring of narratives in the LEC and LCS. We'll get to the LCS's version of this, but right now there's an interesting fight for the final playoff spot uh, in, in LEC, it's between four teams with Astralis, uh, XL, SK Gaming, and Vitality. Super Week is coming up. Do you have any ideas on how this is going to play out? Um, I mean, I kind of want it to be Excel. Like, I talked about um, how when they did their roster swap, I, like, honestly had no idea what to expect since I had not seen uh, Marcoon or Advian. I just had heard people like praise them um but i i really like this excel team i feel like they've had some losses that have been really really close and if they were just able to you know execute a little bit tighter like uh you know be a little bit more on point with some of these skirmishes they or or neutral objective setups they could have ended up winning um they have let me check the schedule before i feel like i'm like punting my because strength of schedule unfortunately does matter excel face oh god <laughs> I picked Excel and they face Rogue and G2 in the final week. That's going to be tough. And then they face Astralis. So maybe it won't be Excel, but I kind of hope they're able to pull it off. That's tough. 
Um, I'm trying to see who has the weaker strength. Yeah, I mean, or easier, I guess. Yeah. Uh, so Excel, both Excel and uh, Vitality face Astralis. So Astralis faces. I think Astralis is the easiest. Yeah, they have the easiest. So they have SK, XL, and Vitality. So basically, if Astralis are like fully in control of their own destiny. Yeah, I'm going to go with Astralis. I feel like they're getting through. They have the the easiest easiest path forward, which also means that their standing could be a little bit higher if they'd had a different bit of a schedule, right? Because they they had to face all the hard teams already. Yeah, that's true. That's also really good. I'm going Excel to make it out. We'll see. We'll check in next week to see how it goes. Finally, uh, this is this is what we've been kind of beating around the bush a little bit on this, but like, man, this has been an exciting split yeah. for LEC and LCS. So I, it just seems like it's, it's wild to me that we have so many teams all competing uh, for, for sort of top team contender. I'm, I'm super fascinated to see how the standings end at the end of this week for, for LEC and, and who ends up where, but I mean, it's just been a, it's been an amazing time to be watching Western competitive league of legends. Yeah, I mean, I I'm trying to think. Like MVP. Yeah, I mean that. So that leads us into our next discussion, right? Which is the MVP side of things. Yeah. And and I I mean, so I, hard. You are the LEC expert, but I I think one challenge that we're gonna face both in the LCS and LEC that we're seeing right now is just like when you have all these teams that have such I don't know parity or. Maybe they all just suck equally. I don't know. Um, <laughs> they it becomes really difficult, I think, to find those standout players because there's nobody. There's not one team that's dominating everybody, which means that there's not one player that's also just like winning a tremendous amount of their games and looking really good in the process. And so I think it just makes it really hard to to find MVP. Can, maybe you can give me like three or three or four different people that you think might be in that running. Yeah, analogy. it's also like I'm trying to think because it's also super hard with like a team like Rogue, for example, right, where they just have like solid laners across the board and like that's how they win. Um, I will say Han Sama is having probably a, a career split. Um, he's been performing insanely well. Um, I know a lot of people are going to point to. Uh, Boipo stepping into the jungle position and then it depends on like how you feel about MVP um, if I was going to look at, at a fanatic MVP though it would actually maybe be Nisky honestly um, which is kind of a weird a weird take I think that maybe people I mean, Nisky, disagree with but- Nisky and the LCS was always in a weird situation where like Blabber and Sven both got MVP I was talking about this on Hotline League last night and uh, in both we those situations, about it last week too, I think. yeah, in both those situations, Nisky was an enabler, and so if Bwipo's having a good split, perhaps Nisky yeah. finally deserves some of that credit. Um, there's also Inspired, who I said is performing really well. Um, I think Razork is is kind of on my short list too. I don't vote for LEC MVP, but um, I'm gonna throw him out there because we didn't believe in misfits, right? And one of the things that has consistently been the glue for this team has been Razork's jungling has just been really, really good, honestly. Um, so we'll throw him in there. It's really hard. Uh, well, I don't envy their their task. Let's put it that way. So as we are closing out the LEC section, this leads us to this week's Q&A. Please open up the Rift Reaction section of Spotify on your mobile app and uh, respond to our Q&A in our poll. But this week's Q&A is what's been most exciting to you about LEC's summer split? So we want to hear from you. Uh, what has what has been most exciting for you over these past 
uh, several weeks or a couple months. So let us know, and uh, we'll read those out next week and discuss them. But now it's time to return home. Much like Emily did this week, we are returning right now to to LCS in Los Angeles to talk about uh, what's going on over here. And over here, it's it's interesting. What is going on over here? Okay. We were having this discussion before the beginning of the show. It is a very exciting time for the LCS, but it is also very funny because there is not necessarily like a clear narrative, right? In terms of, oh, well, this team just looks so good or whatever. I mean, there's obviously a lot of interesting discussions to be had about EG and Hunter T. We've had some of those, but in week eight, I think a lot of this is just we're kind of waiting for the dust to clear and, and to settle to figure out who's going to look really solid going into playoffs. And so that's what's been fascinating to me. Uh, I, I don't know if for you, you know, last night on Hotline League, we had a, a caller who their take was C9, TSM, EG go to Worlds and 100T's not in it. And they did have, I think, a bit of a weaker performance this past weekend. So I don't know if you have any interesting hot takes, uh, <laughs> much like our caller. Um, I think it's going to be interesting to see this 100 Thieves line up in a best of five. Uh, I, I'd i say of like the top five teams, the one I believe in the least is actually still TL. Um, I mean, that's for sure. Yeah. Like, and, and then I think despite uh, the standings, which are including spring games, I think EG is the best team in the league right now, followed very closely by TSM. Um, they have very different strengths and weaknesses. Uh which is cool because I think the, honestly, I think the coolest thing about LCS right now is that previously in other LCS splits, we saw teams that would just have like carbon copy play styles of each other. Everything was very same. And yeah, like we have a bunch of teams here that are all playing very different play styles. And I, I really appreciate that. And it really challenges you to think about like how they'll match up even in a best of one, but especially a best of five. Um, that's where I'm most concerned with 100 Thieves, to be honest, is the the qualifying run because they have to win several best of fives to do so. Yeah, I'm, I'm super fascinated to see how... I, I'm a little worried, like... I'll be honest. If you told me Hunter T and EG just suddenly drop off in playoffs at best of fives and then like TL, you know, maybe Santorin comes back triumphant this weekend oh, no. and like these, these three, I hope he does that's too. Not, that's not going to happen. But like, I hope Santorin comes back triumphant at some point in his career. Do you, you don't think that you, th- you don't think there's any chance we're going to see Santorin for the rest of the year? I don't know. I have a feeling that if, if it, I mean, maybe I'm wrong, but I have a feeling that if it, was to happen it may have already yeah if I'm, that makes sense because like santorin and i'm not going off of any sort of like inside information i'm actually just going off of what santorin himself said where he felt really guilty initially that armeo wasn't able to get enough practice time with the team to be able to like look better um and despite the fact that santorin is obviously a stronger jungler i think that he would also need time with the team so and and I mean some of the there's also the fact that some of the problems they're having were not are not Santorin or Armeo specific. Well, like, let's say let's say Santorin starts to feel better. He hasn't tweeted since uh, June 29th, so almost almost actually I think he's tweeted at people. Sorry, uh, but regardless, let's say he starts to feel better. I mean, if I am cold or Steve or Dodo, I'm I'm kind of the opinion that TL is kind of doomed unless they get Santorin back like 
if he's up for it, I think you put him in and you hope that it comes together. Uh, but you disagree. No, I mean, I that's what I would do too. I'm okay. just saying. I thought you were saying that you're just worried Santorin doesn't have enough time to get to where he needs to be with No, the I'm saying he might be worried that he doesn't have enough time. Gotcha. Gotcha, gotcha. Okay, well, regardless, interesting to see how TL and Hunter T play out. Do you think EG is going to be able to carry this into playoffs, the strength that they have right now? I love EG. So, yeah, I think so. If you're talking about EG's strengths, it's definitely that they're it's it's a very similar vein to what we're talking about with Fnatic, right? Is that they're going to try to go for these very like high risk, high reward plays, especially when they're initiating team fights. Um, and they have typically been coming out on top of those. Uh, I also think that their cross mapping has improved significantly, which also helps. Like if you have a really good understanding of how to use your side lane pressure, um, the a team like Evil Geniuses that likes to split push anyway is is going to look really good. And then additionally, there's the added flexibility of impact to some someone that we definitely kind of underrated in terms of how flexible he can be on a team because previously. You know, everyone was like, he just plays tanks. He just sits top. He joins for team fights. And like, you know, we've seen them lane swapping. We've seen him playing carries. Like he's he's very willing to do whatever this team wants him to do. And I really like seeing that from him. Yeah, I am. I'm excited to see how they go. They do as well. You had you had a note here about Dig, a team yeah. which is not on the top. No. Dig or another. So so my note was that like because High and I did this kind of like almost dueling drafts look where we were just in front of the telestrator and we were asking each other questions about the team that we ended up on either side was. And so I was Dig the Toss and and High was um FlyQuest and you know Dig picked this kill bot lane super early and then they ended up drafting Kindred mid into Lucian. Um which at the time like we did not even have time to think about like why that would be a good matchup and so I erroneously said that it wouldn't but um actually Kindred uh can play really really well into Lucian and get lane prio and so it actually ended up being a really smart composition so I just wanted to say I was wrong. Uh and then additionally, you know, sometimes when you when you are on the desk and you don't have time to research this stuff, you end up being wrong. And I think it's really important when people are wrong to say that they are. So that's me owning up well, to my mistake. I'll tell you, when I end up eventually one day being wrong, I will own up to that. So I no, I appreciate it. Thank you for that laugh. Uh, okay. <laughs> it was great, right? Uh, that sounded very, I was very convinced before, that you've never been wrong. Before we get to the MVP contenders part, uh, I think it's worth pointing out that this weekend was an interesting one because COVID sent teams remote. So on Friday we had Immortals uh, playing remote and then we had uh, everybody playing remote on Saturday and Sunday as Cloud9, I think, had a a case within their organization. Uh, So I, I just think, one, it's depressing. I hate this stuff because, you know, I think a lot of us felt like as vaccinations were going up and everything was going to be great, uh, it's like, oh, maybe we'll even have audience in in time for playoffs and maybe, you know, media can return and some of the cool stuff will happen as the year goes on. And it just feels like now we're taking a step back, which is I think it's great that uh, Riot is taking the, you know, being proactive and making sure that it's not just like, OK, now Cloud9 is out. It's like very much a a, a I think, a forward looking decision to just have everybody uh home maybe even for this weekend as well just to make sure that by the time playoffs comes around it's going to be interesting but this is part of the reason why i had previously said in a reaction shots that like i think it's important to make sure that i think my stance was 
you know, players should be vaccinated in order to play on stage. Great news, though, uh, as part of, I don't know if this was in response to my my tweets on Friday night, but on Saturday, uh, the Players Association came out and said 95% of Academy and LCS pros have been vaccinated, which I think is up there among uh, the, you know, U.S. sports. So I think WNBA, I know, had a while ago, uh, very early on actually announced 99%, which is fantastic. I think NBA is now a bit above 90%. And then <laughs> I, I don't, I, I'm paraphrasing this uh, from my memory, but I remember I looked up MLB is somewhere in like the seventies. So they uh, need to get their stuff figured out. Um. But uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm excited to see how this stuff uh, goes. I know I keep saying I'm excited about things this week, but I'm, I'm excited to see if it, that it's at 95% and hopefully we can yeah. get people up to hundred. Well, let's move on to talk about MVP contenders because we talked about it in the yeah. LEC. And uh, this is, for those that don't know, after next week, Emily and I will start voting on this stuff. So this is kind of our chance to sort of dun, throw dun, some of dun. our folks out there. And you mentioned this with the LEC. It feels incredibly hard to figure out who is an MVP contender right now. Yeah. Uh, I think, interestingly enough, maybe Abadage. Like, I, one thing that I think is, is probably an interesting process that helps with this is thinking about who are the top folks in, di- in different positions. And I think, you know, there's a conversation around Closer and Spica and Jungle. Abudage probably up there in in the mid position. I, I don't know where, where your head's so on. So front runners right now, I think that people are talking about are, and, and it's weird because like, C9 have a 13 and 11 record in summer, but they're still, yeah, I'm going to say like, so the names I've seen tossed around are Fudge, Abadaga or FBI, depending on who you think. Uh, FBI has kind of, I guess, cooled off in, in more recent You don't think games, Closer on that team? I haven't seen people say Closer. I'm just saying Abadaga. Um, and then uh, for EG, I've, <laughs> I've seen people mention Jazuke both jokingly and not jokingly. Um, and then Impact... And then for TSM, I have seen Spica. Um, and then, I mean, on the fringe teams, like, uh, you know, Xerxes is quietly performing, like, insanely well. He's obviously never going to be like considered. Yeah. But but uh, because Immortals would have to, like, have some sort of insane... I mean, it doesn't even matter because it's for a regular season. They'd right. have to have some sort of insane, like, playoff run for people to go back and be like, it should have been this guy. Um because of the way standings work. But that's where you kind of get into the, that's where I think the 100 Thieves players in particular is a really interesting discussion because they've, they're still in first. I mean, they're tied for first. But they uh, they have had this drop or off or like cooling off period over the past two weeks. So I think people are much more down on them and now much higher on Spica, much higher on Fudge than I previously saw. Like previously it was like C9 sucks, but Fudge is dragging this team. It's too bad he can't be MVP because they're still like not a top team. But now that the whole team has looked better, people are reconsidering Fudge. Um, I think there's a, actually a massive case to be made for for Impact or Jazuke, honestly. Uh which I just feel like Jazuke, opinion, but I feel like Jazuke is so screwed because there's so much like negativity negativity around him, around him and like yeah. baggage I would almost say from like previous splits and and people are, are I think are so skeptical of him 
And so it's, it's kind of disappointing. I feel like he's just never going to get the credit that he deserves when he does do well because people will just remember like, oh, Jazuke Enting. <laughs> you know, it's just, yeah. it's it's tough. But we'll find out over the next couple of weeks and I'll be voting next week and so will you. So hooray. All right, let's actually let's let's round out with this because we've talked about LEC. We've talked about LCS. We're going to talk about LCK and LPL, but everything is winding down right now. And we want to know as we're headed into playoffs, open up the Rift Reaction uh, podcast on the Spotify app. Which major region playoffs are you most excited about between LEC, LCK, LPL, and LCS? Uh, so just a quick poll for it. LPL. No, don't influence <laughs> them, Emily. We don't ever provide them any information. This is true. I'm usually so good about that. And now I'm trying to game the poll. Okay. Listen, vote from your heart. Ignore Emily. <laughs> we'll talk about that next episode. Let's talk about, though, LCK. Yeah. What what match should people be watching? Emily? So, um, I haven't really talked all that much about them, but they've been an interesting team to watch. Uh, I've been talking to Chronicler, the LCK caster in particular, about this team because he is a big fan, regardless of their many mistakes. And this week, Live Sandbox beat Gen G, um, who were previously a top team. They're obviously having some struggles now, um, but. It is really great to see from Live Sandbox because previously I think this would have been a match that they would have lost uh, due to, you know, just an inability to close out some of these games. Um, I think you see the strength of Croco in the jungle, who's kind of the player that everyone was talking about initially when this team came in. Um, but then also their solo laners and Prince, who's starting to have a really, really great split. So, um, you know, I think you you watch this team and they're not perfect. They make a lot of mistakes, but they're incredibly fun to watch. They have some great up and coming young um, LCK players. So watch Live Sandbox Gen G and you will not be disappointed. It's a very fun series. And in the LPL, I hear we saw a Carrie Mundo. Yeah. How did you know? Um, okay. It was in. It was in the grapevine. <laughs> you were just. You're just that big of a Shaohu fan that you're like. You know. I knew that he was just gonna go. Well, I just assumed that this is what it is. Okay, t- <laughs> tell us what match. All right. So yeah. So it's RNG JDG. You get to see uh, Shaohu try out the carry Mundo build with the Stride Breaker Wits End. Um, and uh, Titanic Hydra, so that is incredibly fun. You get to see Zoom versus Shaohu, which is always awesome. Um, and you also get to see Cryon and Wei are kind of like, we've been talking about like our RNG back. In order for RNG to be back, it has to be, you know, you have to have good champions for Cryon because I think he sometimes has champion issues. And then Wei has to be really involved with his lanes early. Uh, I think you see that from these games as well so if you're an rng fan or if you just want to see you know a, a really nice series and then see shaohu build mundo like a carry you know instead of going uh frostfire then this is the series for you uh, i also wanted to point out edg and we because clear love came back for one game and that was subbed out and uh edg lost o2 to we who uh is looking like he is performing a lot better so tough times we'll see tough times for clear love fans which i know there are many of them they should have just kept him in i mean you know what i mean like they should have just kept him in let him lose the o2 instead of bringing in the subbing him out after game one it's time for reaction shots (laughs) 
All right. Uh, I will I will go first this week to talk about something that's tough to talk about because I know mine's a little bit more negative and Emily's a little bit more positive. So, look, it's time to just accept viewership is down. There's always a lot of people in these moments that say like, okay, well, you're only looking at the Twitch stream and uh, there's all these co-stream stuff. No, I'm not. You know, whenever I see the main LCS... And I, when I say viewership is down, I've heard it's elsewhere, but I'm talking specifically about the LCS as well. You know, when I see the LCS stream is sitting at like in the 40s, uh, 40K range, and then, you know, the, the co-streams and the watch parties, I don't think have gained very much over the this course of summer or spring. So I don't think it's a big exodus there. The YouTube numbers, I think, used to have parity with the Twitch numbers. And for some reason, the YouTube stuff has gone way down. And so it just the viewership is not... Uh, great. And you you would think maybe there'd be a dip in like week six and week seven. I was kind of holding out. But week eight, like we are closing up and wrapping up this season. And things are really actually exciting and interesting. And that's one of my points is like this is a great time for the LCS. Like it's very fun to watch. There's a, a variety of play styles, as Emily mentioned earlier. And yet people are not watching. And I think we as a industry need to actually start thinking about this. And I know that on the the team side, there's a lot of pointing at Riot, and at the on the Riot side, there's pointing at I don't know. Oh, you know, people are going out because COVID is. A, look, I don't, I don't care. And you know, I think there's some obvious answers to this, right? Like it, it is, as I mentioned, you know, a, a situation where I think a lot of people don't care about these players, and so I think you know the players, the media, the teams, and the broadcast can all do a better job of lifting these players up and doing some really interesting stuff around them. I think there needs to be a better uh, focus on making sure that these folks are creating cool and compelling content. That's not just a bunch of like, look, I think some teams are very guilty of just figuring out what they've sold to a sponsor and throwing the player in there, like creating stuff that feels authentic. We, we can't do this. We've done it before. And so I believe in our ability to create uh, some great content and to really lift up these players in a way that, you know, we, we did with the older generation. So I'm hopeful uh, for that in the future. My reaction shot parallel to that. I think this is as hype as the LCS has been in a really long time. And if you aren't watching it, you should be because it's actually so exciting. Like the way that teams are playing because they actually have different play styles and are drafting as such. I really like it's been super cool to go through and be able to see how different a lot of these teams are in terms of play style, in terms of draft, in terms of like what they want to do on the rift. And yeah, they make mistakes. Whomst amongst us doesn't. Yeah, we're worse than the other three major regions. You know what? Who cares? Like, it's actually super exciting. Like, I'm not even kidding. It's so like the LCS is so fun to watch right now because of these teams because of the way they match up like I actually really enjoyed the C9 TSM game of this past week there's so many things you can point out in that game where it's like they could have done this but then you know C9 decided to do this or TSM decided to do this and you can pinpoint all of these like micro decisions that end up making a huge impact on how the game ends uh including yes the final tp play um but anyway it's it's honestly like so fun to discuss and to watch and i'm not just saying this because i'm on broadcast because i honestly would not have said this of spring 
but I do think this of summer. Um, so if you aren't watching, you know, give playoffs a chance uh, because I think it's going to be a really cool time to come back into the LCS. Teams should be doing some interesting things, uh, and it's been a fun watch. And that's Rift Reaction. It's been great to have you back, Emily. Now it's so much nicer to actually be here. Yes, and, and I- not. And that's been Rift Reaction. Everyone, <laughs> uh, go uh, follow us on Spotify. Tweet us if you have any thoughts on this episode. And uh, we will catch you next week for week nine as we head into playoffs. Woo! Woo!